everybody, and welcome to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I am your host, Bill, and this week, going to be talking about, well, growing up. Although in a completely different way. Remember how earlier in this season, um, we had You're Getting Old and... We had the whole theme of growing up and all that stuff and how it made all of us cry. Well, think of this episode as that, except nobody really cried while watching this episode. Because this week's episode is 1%. That is the episode that I will be reviewing here this week. And let's not waste any time let's dive into this week's episode one percent the episode was written and directed by trey parker and originally aired on november 2nd 2011 the episode begins at the school where they are having an assembly where the results of the presidential fitness test are announced and well, South Park has the lowest score. Not in the county. Not in the district. Not in the state. But in the entire country. Yes, South Park Elementary has the lowest score on the presidential fitness test in the United States of America. And the reason, well, basically it's because of Cartman. I mean, name isn't said, but it's pretty much the reason. So, because of Eric's, let's say, less than healthy lifestyle... Recess is being taken away and instead replaced with more P.E. for four weeks. So the fourth graders start this off and they are upset at Cartman because they know their score was a 99%. They were all fit. It's just this moron Cartman who is so out of shape it is absolutely ridiculous so Cartman feels that the entire gang is going against him basically the fourth graders are ganging up on him and it gets to a point where Craig just straight up says to Cartman why don't you just go home and cry to your stuffed animals the very next scene Cartman is crying to his stuffed animals so, the stuffed animals try to make Cartman feel better. Now, of course, we have Clyde Frog, Peter Panda, Polly Prissy Pants, Rumpelstiltskin, and Muscle Mark, who is new to the group. Talk about Muscle Mark a little bit later on. So, as Cartman is trying to make, or well, actually, as his stuffed friends are trying to make him feel better, he realizes that it's actually Obama's fault that of this result and the 
presidential fitness test and the failing and that everyone in the fourth grade is ganging up against him. So he goes to school the next day while the children are in the cafeteria and he realizes, or at least he believes he realizes, that everyone is ganging up against him. And they're trying to do an Occupy cafeteria. So he decides, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to be me. And everyone else in the cafeteria decides to form a club. Basically the 99% club. And some fifth graders are agreeing with the fourth graders. And one of them even goes to the point of saying that they will make Cartman suffer. Well, the very next scene, Butters and Jimmy go to the Colorado Division of the President's Council of Fitness, Sports, and Nutrition to talk about the score. And, well, it really doesn't get anywhere as far as what Jimmy and Butters would like to have had done. Then, oh my gosh, this this next scene. Oh, man. So Carmen is at home, and he sees that his room is a mess. It is an absolute mess. So he asks his mom if she'd been at home all day, and she said no. She was at the hair salon. So Carmen looks all around the room to make sure all of his worldly possessions are there, and all of them are, except for one, Clyde Frog. And... He's scared. He's looking for Clyde Frog. And when he does see Clyde Frog, well, let's just say the results are not good. Because Clyde Frog has been nailed to a tree and the words vengeance are written on the tree in red. So... Clyde Frog has basically been destroyed. And Cartman can't believe it. So, he decides to hold a funeral for Clyde Frog. And all the fourth graders are there, bored. Except for one or two people. I don't know. So, Cartman goes through his speech... And tries to blame Kyle, even though Kyle wouldn't have really done it. And then towards the end, one of the kids asks, where is our $5? And Carmen's like, what are you talking about? Well, they said that in the email that they got for this funeral, everyone would be given $5 to be at this funeral. To which Cartman says, Yes, well, the $5 will be given to the Clyde Frog Foundation, and everybody leaves in disappointment as a bagpipe player is playing as they lower the body of Clyde Frog into the ground. <laughs> oh, my God. I <laughs> Some of the stuff, some of the stuff I, I, I say, you, you, you'd think I'd make up, but I actually don't. I, I, I really don't. <laughs> Um, so now Cartman is having a meeting with the rest of his dolls, the four stuffed dolls that are left. 
And they're trying to figure out who could it be? Who could be the one that killed Clyde Frog? And then the stuffed animals come up with an unusual suspect. Cartman's mom. And they have her sit down and after being called derogatory remarks, she wants to know who took Clyde Frog out as much as Cartman does. So, we'll have to see what they do. Meanwhile, Butters and Jimmy are standing outside of the Colorado Fitness Place. And, well, the newscasters get it all confused because they are calling this Occupy Red Robin. Hey, to be honest, if you're going to Occupy Red Robin, I'd go for it. It's actually a pretty good place. So, they represent the 99%, and now we have a bunch of police officers and media there for two people holding signs at a town mall. And apparently the cops come up with a plan to get everything going, including having Bon Jovi performing outside of the venue. Because nothing says protests quite like Bon Jovi in 2011. So, now we go to the night and Cartman's room is on fire. No, really. Cartman's room is on fire. Somebody set his room on fire. As he wakes up, he sees Peter Panda is on fire. And this freaks Cartman out. Well, fortunately, Eric and his mom get out safely. The house is burned badly. And, well, Peter Panda didn't make it. I know. It's it's rough. I, I, I know. We, we gotta be strong. Gotta, gotta be strong for Peter Panda. We, we just gotta be strong for Peter Panda. So they take Peter Panda away as evidence, and, well, now they really have no place to go. Where are they going to go? Well, we'll find out in just a few minutes. Meanwhile, Stan, Kyle, and Kenny go to one of the houses of the fifth graders and ask him if they have been the ones that have been destroying Cartman's stuffed animals because of what... They said in the cafeteria that they were going to make Cartman's life miserable. And they said that they have something big planned. Meanwhile, we're at the Red Robin and people are talking about the wonderful food that is at Red Robin. And then we get breaking development. One of the protesters of the 99% have left. They are occupying the bathroom. And because they are occupying the bathroom, there's news coverage of one of them occupying the bathroom. So they are calling it Occupy Bathroom. So then, he's been in there for 30 minutes, and then Butters comes out. Yeah, Butters has come out, and he just had to go use the bathroom. So, the Cartmans are at Token's house, and, well, let's...
friends, they, I guess, never really thought of it, and neither did Token, to be perfectly honest. Um, so, then, Cartman thinks that he is safe because, well, we have Obama as a president, he's black, so black people can't do any wrong at this time. They, you know, they, they can't be subject to criticism. So, now, Cartman thinks, okay, I'm safe, we're good, everything is going to be alright. So, we get to later in the night, where we see the protest is going on, and, well, wait a minute, here come the fifth graders, and they have signs. And there says 83%. So they're protesting the 99% protests of Butters and Jimmy of the 1%. Because there is a 17% difference. Which really doesn't make any sense. But it's very funny. So, in that night, um, they hear, Token and Carmen, they hear noise outside the house so they run to the back and Carmen tells Togan to lock the door so he runs and there's this running motion Carmen catches him it's Kyle so he's thinking oh Kyle has done this he's the one that's done it when in fact he hasn't and then Cartman realizes that the door is never closed. The door was never, you know, on or was never locked. So he goes in, and he goes into the kitchen, and there's a stove on, and there's boiling water in the stove and in the pot. So Cartman takes a look, and oh no, it's Muscle Man Mark, who we just saw. In this episode for the first time. I know, not really that sad of a thing. Meanwhile, back at the protest, the 5th and 4th graders have a fight, and they call it class warfare between the 4th graders and the 5th graders, the 99% and the 83%. Then we get back to Cartman, who is now absolutely panicking he's paranoid at this point and he looks for his two remaining dolls well he sees rumper tumpskin rumper tups rumper tumpskin is being basically chained up and he tells carmen not to make a move if he makes a move he's going to be dead Cartman tries to save him, and Rumper Tumpskin blows up. Meanwhile, Token's parents and Cartman's mom are outside, I guess from coming from an evening activity, and they can't get in. Then we see Polly Prissy Pants with a gun. And then here comes... Token, Stan, Kyle, and Kenny watching above as there is this scene between 
Cartman and Polly Prissy Pants. And Cartman is Polly Prissy Pants. And there's this whole dialogue of how, you know, Cartman wanted to be cool. He can still be cool. He just had, you know, the, the others just had to go. That was Polly Prissy Pants' whole thing. So Polly is like, well, Eric, we can be together forever. We don't have to have everyone here anymore. It could be just you and me. And Cartman says something about how, because I think Polly at one point was like, well, we could blame Token for this. And Cartman's like, uh, we can't. Black people can't be blamed for anything anymore. And Polly is so distraught for killing everyone, basically. And what I mean by everyone, I mean the stuffed animals. That she asks Cartman to kill her. So Cartman... Again, th this sounds absolutely made up, but this is a true thing. Cartman takes the gun that Polly Prissy Pants has, shoots Polly five times, five or six times, and Polly is destroyed. Stan's entire reaction says it all. What? the hell and then Kyle basically sums it up as we told Cartman to grow up and he got rid of his stuffed animals and this was really the only way that Cartman could do it meanwhile uh, Eric's mom is like well my little child can be a little awkward at times <laughs> Which actually got a chuckle out of me. I, I thought that line was pretty funny. So now we go to the Red Robin. Where the fighting between the classes. You know the different classes. Fourth and fifth grade. Is over. And as this reporter is going. He is told that there is a new Occupy theme. Occupy Macaroni Grill. And the reporter leaves the Red Robin to go to the Macaroni Grill. And that is the end of 1%. Oh boy. This <laughs> you know it, it this is one of these episodes that it's so weird it's good. And obviously the whole focus is on this whole, you know, the occupy movement that had happened um a few years prior to when this episode aired and they used it so well with Cartman and his stuffed friends that it really just like I said it, it's so weird but yet it's funny it, it's really funny so I'm gonna give this an 8 out of 10 it's just a good episode and one where it's like you you have to stay for the end. You just have to stay all the way to the end to see what really happens. Alright, a couple of production notes before going to the reception of this episode. 
So on the DVD commentary, the episode was based on cut footage from the season 14 episode, season 14 episode 201, in which Cartman holds a tea party with his stuffed animals and discusses the identity of his father with his mother. The episode also included Mark Jacobs as one of Cartman's dolls because Jacobs has a real-life tattoo of Cartman's Clyde Frog and Rumper Tumskin dolls. Jacobs commemorated the reference by getting a Mark Jacobs doll tattooed on his arm. For those who don't know who Mark Jacobs is, Mark Jacobs is an American fashion designer. He is the head designer of his own fashion label, Mark Jacobs. And formerly, Mark by Mark Jacobs, a diffusion line which was produced for approximately 15 years before it was discontinued after the 2015 fall-winter collection. At its peak, there were over 200 retail stores in 80 countries. He was the creative director of the French design house Louis Vuitton from 1997 to 2014. Jacobs was list or was on Time Magazine's uh, Time 100. Gosh, it's hard talking today. Uh, Time 100 list of the 100 most influential people in the world in 2010, and was number 14 on Out Magazine's 2012 list of the 50 most powerful gay men and women. In America. So that's Mark Jacobs. I'm Mark Jacobs. There we go. Alright, let's go to the reception of this episode. Ryan McGee of the AV Club gave this an A minus, stating what worked in this episode didn't really have much to do with what was funny about it. While there were a few laughs to be had, humor wasn't really the focus. The focus instead lay on the twisted mind of Eric Carmen actually going through a potentially life-changing part of his existence. Ramsey Eisler of IGN gave the episode a great rating of 8 out of 10, noting the clever bait-and-switch on the part of Stone and Parker, who indicated in their pre-air press that the episode would parody the Occupy Wall Street movement, only to focus more on Cartman's psychological growth. Though Eisler felt it followed past formula for Carmen, he thought it enhanced the episode's theme, lent itself to memorable humor, and found Cartman's ma ma ugh, ma maturation. God, I can't speak today. Oh my lord! And found Cartman's ma maturation much like the plot of *You're Getting Old* to be surprising and interesting, if not exceptionally funny. Katia McGlynn of HuffPost, who found the episode's themes funny, praised Parker and Stone for their ability to make a topical episode in only six days, and to use the fourth grade class as a microcosm to parody current events. Hey, if uh, you want to know about episodes being created in six days, check out our latest special. Asawin Sub... Subsang of Mother Jones stated that despite Parker and Stone's libertarian leanings and their tendency to skewer orthodoxies in general, and the political left and right in particular, the episode's blatant analogs did not merely target the Occupy Wall Street movement, but what Subinsang calls the whiners, paranoid excuse makers, and irrational Obama blamers, 
as well as overreaction on the part of police and the media and panic over class warfare. According to Sub Sang, this underscores Parker and Stone's formula for mining politics for crude, contranian humor rather than taking it too seriously. Finally, Ken Tucker of Entertainment Weekly did not find the episode particularly funny, owning to what he felt was its uncharacteristically mild obviousness and the number of different targets of its parody, which he felt rendered the humor mostly aimless and flimsy. All right, let's go to IMDb and see what they thought of this episode. Over 1,900 people have rated this episode, and the average rating is a 7.7 out of 10. 562 people gave it an 8. That's the score I'm giving it this week. Uh, 420 people gave it a 7. 337 people gave it a 10. And 44 people gave it a 1. The average rating for males is a 7.6, with its highest demographic being under 18, with an average rating of an 8.5. And for females, the average rating was an 8.0, with its highest demographic actually being a tie between 18 to 29 and 45 and over, both with an 8.4 rating. Well, after that episode, let's see what the reviews are from this. And again, we got two reviews this week, and both are very recent. And what I mean by recent, within the last three years or so. So this first review is from Vabhav042, who wrote, I would rank this episode in one of the most outstanding ones. They delve deep into the psyche of the most interesting character in a truly unique way. And the fact that the surrounding events are so bizarre, it shows a true contrast from the real, highlighting a subtle but highly matured sense of humor. All in all, watch this episode multiple times. I guarantee you won't regret it. The other review is from HDEKKJGF who wrote, The character development is everything. My favorite scenes are the ones where Cartman is at Token's mansion. I feel that this is something that should be aired more, as it rarely airs anymore. You know, now that I, I read that, that's actually a good point. I really don't you know, remember the last time that it aired on Comedy Central, because usually Wednesdays is South Park Day, when they do the reruns of South Park episodes, and I really don't remember the last time this particular episode has popped up. So maybe I'll have to check to see, you know, when it does air again in the near future. Alright, you can follow the show on Twitter at SharksPond97, and you could join the Facebook group Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast, where you could join other Facebook members to discuss past, present, and yes, future South Park episodes. Next time around, going to be talking about, what, Thanksgiving? Yes, we are doing a Thanksgiving episode. Good Lord, we haven't done one in forever. Because the next time around, it is a History Channel Thanksgiving. 
that is the next episode here on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I'm Bill. Hope you all enjoyed this week's episode, and I'll talk to you all next time.